0: Welcome back to D-Cup, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina. Each week we rewatch a DCOM, we talk about it, we make some jokes, we weigh the pros and cons, and we put it on our
1: ultimate d ranking. This week we're watching the 1999 Zero to Hero epic, Genius. Megan, can you please hit us with a summary? Charlie Boyle finds that even his high IQ can't solve all of his problems
0: when he takes on a double life in order to make friends his own age. Wow. A saga. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So I have never heard of this movie. Ever. Me neither. Usually I at least have heard of them.
1: Yeah, this was before our time. And also it doesn't seem like a popular one. No. um, That I've heard of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm interested. This is probably going to be like a low viewership episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we'll see. Maybe some people are interested in older movies. This is
0: the thing. This is where we know who the true fans are. If you're hearing this right now, we love you more than the others. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So would you like to hear a little bit about the writers and director? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So this movie was written by John Reich, Jim Lincoln, and Dan Studney. Now, John Reich, this was the only thing he's ever written. Oh, It's the only thing. It is the only thing on his IMDb. He said, this is my masterpiece. But I think this is my hypothesis. The other two have writing credits. I'm wondering if maybe this is like a science consultant. Maybe. Perhaps. I don't know. We can get more into the science later. But Jim Lincoln and Dan Studney have worked together before. They both were writers on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. And they wrote another decom that I have never heard of before called Twas the Night, which is a Christmas decom. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll hit that probably this coming Christmas since there aren't that many Christmas decoms. That's true. Also, Dan Studney was also a writer. For Reefer Madness, the movie musical, which was a TV movie. But we've talked about that on this podcast before, and I can't remember when, but I recognized it because it was like really? C- Kristen Bell I... was in it. Like, I think the director also directed another decom <gasps> that we've done.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember talking about this. So from henceforth,
0: I will always bring up Reefer Madness, the mus- movie <laughs> musical, whenever it is <laughs> applicable. <laughs> The movie was directed by Rod Daniel, who has directed many, many things over the course of his career, but there were some that stood out to me. He directed the original Teen Wolf movie that had Michael J. Fox in it, which went on to inspire the television show Teen Wolf. He also directed Beethoven's Second. You remember the Beethoven movies?
1: I do remember the, be- the Beethoven That big movies. old St. Bernard, he directed the, the St. Bernard one. movies, yeah. yeah.
0: He also directed another decom called Alley Cat's Strike. And he directed
1: Home Alone 4. There are so many Home Alone movies. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think they just, they're they're never going to stop. So do we want to go into our first impressions? Yes. Why don't you start? Okay. I My whole first impression is purely based on the Disney Plus cover art and then their summary. And their summary mentions that the lead is a kid going to both college and middle school at the same time. And that <laughs> did not do well with my brain. I was like, (laughs) how does that make any sense? Yeah. Also, why? Why would he be doing that? And so that, I just went in with a lot of questions and just some foreshadowing here. I still have a lot more. <laughs> you went in with the questions and you left with the same questions. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah,
0: my first impression was mainly just like looking at the poster and reading a summary. Just from like looking at it, not a summary, but like a little synopsis on Disney+. I re- I wasn't that interested in it. Like I was like, okay, we have to do this movie because. We're contractually (laughs) obligated to.
1: Are we? (laughs) (laughs) We fully choose these movies on our own. Yeah. No one tells us what to do. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, But I ended up, I'm, I'm happy we watched it. I liked it. But yeah, I wasn't going in really like excited about it or anything. I think it just seemed very like, I don't know. It seemed boring to me. Because there are oh, other DCOMs. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. There are other decoms that I've never heard of that I've seen, like, the names, and I'm like, oh, I'm excited to watch that one. Like, like the, the Alley Cat Strike. That one sounds interesting.
1: This one, for me, I was like, I think because I went in with questions, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I'm intrigued now. Yeah. Like, how is this going to work? Or, like, what's the plot? And so I didn't, I guess I didn't go in with the mindset of, like, this doesn't seem like my kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, going into the movie a little bit, based on this, mm-hmm. the very first scene, I was like, "Oh, what?" I was like, <laughs> now is it a sports movie? Because it starts off with hockey. Yeah, his two loves: and,
0: academia and hockey.
1: Yeah, and so I was um, a little, I guess, taken aback by the first scene the first and it being scene like doesn't match the rest of the movie. Yes. Yeah. And so I was a little taken aback and I was like, am I going to like this? Did this suddenly turn into a sports movie which I'm not typically a sports movie fan. But yeah, it did not match yeah. most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So should we hop into positives or do yes. do you have anything before positives? No, we can hop right in. Okay, sweet. What's your first positive?
0: This movie was funny. Yeah, It's a funny to put movie. put it plainly. Yes. <laughs> yes I, I mean, like, it just had a lot of really funny one-liners. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was caught off guard by how often I laughed out loud. One of my favorite lines was from the beginning of the movie where Charlie's dad walks into his room and he's like, Oh, are you just sitting up here feeling sorry for yourself? And Charlie says, Oh, no, I took some time to feel sorry for people in war-torn countries as well. <laughs> and- oh. That was really funny. <laughs> and then there's another one where uh, Charlie is, uh, he's caught up in his lie. So quick, quick, quicker and deeper synopsis, Charlie is 14, going to college, and he is getting bullied by all of the college students, and he decides to enroll at the middle school, but he doesn't want to be a nerd, so he creates a double life where his name is Chaz, and he's cool.
1: Well, he also enrolls into like middle school, junior high at that time for a girl because he likes a girl who goes there. And so it's not to like go to school. It's purely to impress a girl. Yes. And
0: then also to like make kind of make friends his own age. Yeah. So he is lying to his friends trying to say like why he can't go to a certain game. And he's like, oh, I have to take care of my sister. And the girl says, I thought you said you were an only child. And he said, sister, Mary Catherine. She's a nun and an invalid. <laughs> I was like, "What? Really?"
1: Funny. I I was shook by that line. <laughs> I was too.
0: And then the last one that I really liked is uh, he. There's this. There's this. Uh, boy in college named Mike. And Mike is Charlie's roommate and Mike bullies him all the time. And, you know, of course we have a moment where they see eye to eye, they have a heart to heart. And Charlie is like telling, Mike asks Charlie for help. And Charlie's like, why do you need my help? You have it all. Women, popularity, looks, women. (laughs) (laughs) I am saying women twice really took me out.
1: (laughs) There were a lot of, like, really funny little moments throughout this whole movie. And, okay, so this is not really, like, a positive or a negative, but I noticed it and I need to talk about it. Speaking of Mike and Charlie's roommates, did you see their dorm room? Crazy. What was that? That place is huge. It had a full piano in it. (laughs) No. And it had two separate sides with, like, full bedrooms,
0: (laughs) which I didn't understand because it had a sliding door separating the two big areas. And after Mike moves out,
1: Charlie is like watching a party through the sliding door. So is that not his area? Well, I think it's like you walk in and it's like a common space, like living room area. And then they have the two sliding doors on either side that go into separate rooms that are like the bedrooms. Okay. That makes more sense. But I was like, this place is giant. Like crazy. our dorms in college were a fourth of the living area. Yeah. It was and when I saw you the and I know I was like, dorks. what is this? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I just thought it was so crazy. Actually, why? don't ever expect that from college. No, no, not at all.
0: Also, you brought up the girl. I might we might as well talk about yeah. it now. The girl in this movie, little Claire, is
1: Annie Rossum. I know. I was, when I saw her face, I was like, that is not,
0: that is not as like, wrong. Awesome. Christine from Phantom of the Opera, Fiona Gallagher from Shameless. Like, yeah. Which is it, and she is a little adult this whole movie. Mm-hmm. It was very yeah, weird I, seeing her be a child after watching her do so much cocaine on
1: Shameless. Like, but <laughs> I, I do have to say, I, loved Claire's character I did I thought she was a great like strong young female role Mm -hmm. and I think she really like held her own in this movie oh I thought she did a great
0: job there were there is a moment uh that I will bring up in negatives that has to do with her but like honestly she was I think it's also just because Shameless is very different from this movie, and so it was weird yeah. seeing that. And also, there were moments where it was 100% Fiona Gallagher. Like she, there was a realization, <laughs> and the look on her face. I was like, "You have given that look to Frank before." <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I there were a few moments of like Claire and Charlie's that I really liked. So I loved their introduction. I yes. thought that was such a cute, like very real cute. awkward. Precious moment. And also then at the end, her finding out that Charlie is also Chaz. Mm -hmm. I really liked that moment. I thought it was funny. I thought it was like realistic and cute in the the most Disney way possible. That was the moment
0: I'm talking about where I was like, that's Fiona Gallagher.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You see the start. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow. But speaking of the characters, I also just want to talk about the cast. I loved the cast of this movie. I thought they were all great. I thought they were all on, like, a very similar level. They all played off each other very well. Yeah. I loved the dad. I loved his relationship with Charlie. While we're talking about the dad, I, I also loved the dad.
0: I thought that he was great. And I didn't yeah. think I was going to like I thought he him. was
1: funny. From the first I, scene, yeah.
0: I was like, this dad is awful. And then scene two, I was like, this dad is amazing.
1: <laughs> You really just cut it off on the first one. Yeah. <laughs> you said, mm, don't like him. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's really weird <laughs> in the first scene. Like, his energy in the first scene
0: does not match anything else. He does.
1: Well, well like we said earlier, like the whole first scene just does not match the rest of the it movie. Doesn't. And it's very weird. But I loved their chemistry. And then. Something I really loved was Dr. Crickstein, who was the scientist that Charlie goes to this college specifically for. Mm-hmm. Like he loves this scientist and he admires him. And first and this goes on like multiple notes that I have for positives. So excuse me while I kind of rant Take these out. Mic. But <laughs> I absolutely loved that. Dr Crickstein was just as excited about Charlie as Charlie was about him. Yeah. And he was so sweet to him. He treated him so nicely. Like he treated him like a an adult. Mm-hmm. Not of course not to like the full extent of a college professor treating an actual college student as an adult, but like he didn't ever look down on him or like treat him Yeah. Poorly because he was younger. I was fully expecting him to be one of those like recluse scientists that was very like, you know, like deadpan. Yeah. All about like the work. But he was so fun. Mm -hmm. He was so sweet. And I loved the scenes with him and Charlie, especially when they were like really getting into science and stuff. It was just really cute, all their passion and their excitement for it. Yeah. And then also, I loved that. Charlie didn't choose like Harvard yeah. or you know any of the big schools that he was accepted to. He chose Northern because it meshed the two things he loved mm-hmm. and it had the scientists that he loved. And because he just didn't have that preconceived notion of like, I have to go to the best college even because I was accepted and I have to go to this. Like he followed his heart and I loved that. I thought that was such a cute thing to see. Yeah, I agree. It was really cute. I also liked that Charlie, and this just came
0: to me. I liked that Charlie was a genius boy, but he also was good at a sport. Like you really don't see that a lot. You don't see a lot of well-roundedness.
1: yeah. Yeah, I also like the little detail that his dad said that he was the first to go to college in their family. Yes, that, they didn't need to put that in there, but they did, and I think it
0: elevated it.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I really just liked that whole that whole moment with him and his dad when he gets the acceptance letters. Everything was just like really pure about that moment. Yeah.
0: I guess I'll bring this one up since you were talking about Dr. Crickstein. I love seeing people dance from joy. Yes, I loved that scene. (laughs) It was cute. There's a scene where, you know, they can't crack the particle accelerator. They're trying to discover a way to get rid of gravity. Not get rid of it, but like have anti-gravity when you want it. Wow, I sound so stupid today.
1: No, literally, I probably could not describe it better than that. I I was fully really like, oh, good. At least she's describing it because I could in not. In my
0: defense, I have just worked a whole shift in 90 degree weather. So that's true. my brain is a little toasty, but that is what they're doing. They're trying to achieve anti-gravity and they're trying to do this. They're not doing well. And so they're like, let's take a little break. And they put on music. They start dancing. And then they discover that the music helps with the anti-gravity because of waves. I would have liked Josh to have watched this movie with me just so that he could let me know about the science. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because there were some points where I was like, is this, could it? I don't know. But then they start dancing because they're so excited and it was really cute. I liked it
1: a lot. Yeah. There was also another cute little scene between them where Charlie gets his first F. Yes. When he's in the middle school. And it's, (laughs) Like one of those cute moments that you would not expect from this movie, Mm -hmm. but he gets so excited about getting his first F because he's a little child genius and never got that. And it was just like a moment I wasn't expecting, but made me very happy. (laughs) It was.
0: Another thing I liked, I liked the plot twist that Claire's dad is actually the coach of the hockey team.
1: And the coach of the hockey team does not like Charlie. (laughs) No, and that's that's something that we haven't really talked on yet. So Charlie gets to the school and he goes to the hockey rink, um, which is right above the lab that the scientist works in because it helps with their... Yeah, it has to be cold. ...machine. I don't know. <laughs> Can you tell we're not scientists? But... Of course, Charlie loves hockey. And so he goes to see the team and he's very excited. But then you learn from the dean that if the hockey team does not win this championship, that the coach is going to get fired. Mm-hmm. And Charlie at that point does not has not met Claire, does not know that Claire's dad is the coach. Mm-hmm. And later in the movie, the particle accelerator, is that what they called it? Yeah. Is that the particle it? accelerator? It ends up Ruining the game the first time they play the game, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah, which is a whole thing. But so then there's the whole: is he going to get fired? Yeah. Is like the hockey coach going to get fired? And he finds out after that, or no, right before that. That Claire's dad is the hockey. Coach. Yeah, because he's as
0: Chaz. He is trying to get Claire to fall in love with him, and so he, Chaz is trying to get Claire to tutor him. And then they kind of like, they she does end up like getting a little crush on him. So she brings him home. And that's when Charlie realizes that her dad is the coach and her dad is going to expose his true identity. And
1: I, I didn't see it coming. Me neither. I was like, whoa. Me neither. I liked it a lot. Yeah. What's another positive on your list? Okay. Although it, it kind of goes into my negatives, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Okay. So in the final game, The Charlie helps everyone cheat, question (laughs) mark, and the opposing hockey players are controlled by Charlie and his friends. We'll get into that later, but pretty much Charlie and his friends make the hockey players dance in the middle of... The game, and I thought that was such a Disney, like funny little moment for kids that I was like, this is silly and cute. Although I have a lot of negatives within that whole scene itself, I thought that was a very cute, like for kids, like Disney moment. Mm -hmm. that when I was a child, I would have loved that.
0: Yeah, same. Let me see if I can finish out my list. I thought that the ending was a little far-fetched, but we need it. The ending (laughs) being that they actually do crack anti-gravity. And um, (laughs) so then Charlie and Dr. Crickstein and Claire end up floating as well as the hockey players that they are controlling. And so they have (laughs) figured out anti-gravity. And you know what? I didn't buy it, but... we. We needed it like you couldn't for what this movie is we needed it and we also got a cute little zero gravity kiss which was fun and flirty yeah
1: <laughs> was it wholly necessary no. no but it was it was a little cute moment i guess yeah
0: and then i wrote the tag is fun yeah (laughs) the end of the movie they're playing the the middle schoolers are playing hockey and the college hockey team comes out to challenge them to a game showing that 20 year olds and 14 year olds can live in peace if you really try hard (laughs) enough
1: (laughs) that's the true message of this story
0: (laughs) so i guess is it time to transition to negatives
1: i think it is oh would you like to start I sure can. So my first, like my biggest note, I guess, is just a bunch of questions. So I'm just going to pose them here. Spill. So in the last game that the hockey team plays, this championship, right? And they do the whole controlling of the skates that we just talked about. Set the scene. Because it's going to get confusing. Well, first, this this is my dislike about it. Everyone is just all fine and dandy that Northern... Is cheating. Northern to win is the other team. Game. No, Northern is the school's team. Oh. Charlie's
0: team. Well, they're fine and dandy with it because the other team cheats regularly. So they're just stopping them from cheating.
1: But it's funny because the other team has not, like they have like one thing that they've shown that I don't think is technically cheating. Like it's just the one move
0: that they do. Their move is that one of their players tackles a referee, which I also have in my negatives. They're just assaulting these refs.
1: They really are. They attack.
0: Yeah, them. and so one player skates into and knocks a ref down so that the ref isn't watching, and then they do an illegal move to like fully injure another team's player, and then not get right. caught because the ref isn't watching. So it is cheating.
1: I mean, okay, I can beat you on that, but that doesn't also mean they should cheat to win. It's just, I'm like, everyone's okay with cheating here, I guess. Yeah. And like, I get it for the plot line of they have to keep the dad from getting fired. I
0: think they also think it's like, they're canceling it out. Because he even says, like, it's not cheating. We're stopping them from cheating. And then our team will prove that they can be better players.
1: But, okay, so that leads me into everything else that goes on in this scene. So I don't really think they cancel it out. I think they they go way too far. So as we've talked about before, so Charlie and the scientist, Dr. Krikstein, figure out how to use the particle accelerator to become... Anti-gravity in the end, mm-hmm. but before that, they realize that the particles—if you like—split them in between two things. They do the same it's action. Like a mirror. So if you, th- yeah, so if you bounce one, the other one bounces at the same time. Mm-hmm. So then Charlie puts that into little chips that they sneak onto the opponent's skates, mm-hmm. so they can control their feet and like their skates throughout the game. Now that I think is over the top of definitely cheating and a serious (laughs) problem. Also I I just how how did they know which chips were for which players because they were all the same color they all looked the same hmm. but they somehow knew oh this one is for this player yeah i just didn't understand that also when they ended up hitting anti gravity which they did by the by Dr. Crickstein coming in on skates that had one of the chips on it and yeah. then he runs into a pole yeah. that had electricity on it, and it <laughs> caused it to become anti-gravity, question See, mark? This is where I wanted um, Josh to
0: watch it with me, because I think he could offer insight if that is possible or not.
1: Yeah, and so it's it's all very confusing, and granted, I'm not a science brain, so I could not talk to the validity of these things, but one thing I was very confused by was Did no one care about the floating players on the ice? Yeah, no, everybody acted like it was not a big deal. Everyone acted like nothing was happening, and they just went on with the game, and they won the game, and I was like, these people are floating in the air, and no one's concerned? Yeah. Literally no one. Yeah. Also, the skate chips, mm-hmm. they control only their feet. Yeah, Why so, were their whole bodies following?
0: Yeah, that was one thing where I was like, okay, I get it. Like, you could have them do some dance steps with their feet, but their arms aren't going to do it as well. Also, when they went zero G, only the chips were zero G. So they should have been right. upside
1: down hanging by their skates.
0: Right. All of Exactly.
1: Them. Yeah. But they were floating like they were floating on water. Yeah. Or like if they were like, in space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, there was just a lot of uh, questions that like that yeah. whole time I was like, wait, are they ignoring this? Or like, how did this happen? This yeah. doesn't make sense. So that was probably my biggest dislike. Just a lot of holes. Yeah. A lot of stuff there. Lots and lots of holes. Um,
0: Another hole I'll bring up. So Charlie is going to college. And part of his scholarship is that he must also teach a class. So he is teaching physics while also being enrolled in college, which I'm assuming he is taking classes because why else is he in college if not to take classes and get a degree? So he's teaching, he's yeah. taking classes and he's also working with Dr. Krickstein. And somehow he and he's is in also going to middle school. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. where does he find the time to do all of these things? Logistically,
1: there's no way.
0: We, also, just we no never see him work. in college classes. We only see him in middle school classes, working with Doctor Quicksign and teaching physics. So, like, I was like, did we forget that he is also getting a degree?
1: And I think they tried to say when he was, like, in middle school that he, like, doesn't go to a lot of classes because he's the quote-unquote bad boy. But I'm like, he's still enrolled there, and, like, he would get kicked out if he just, like, never showed up. Yeah. And a lot of the scenes are where he's there. He's at the middle school. So what is he doing at the college? I don't understand. Also, I was very concerned. Why would they put this poor kid In a class of his own to teach. Like he's already an outcast at that college. Make him a TA. Yeah. At least have like a professor next to him. Like, yeah, he's a freshman, but like you are the professor (laughs) and you are teaching all of these college age kids. Yeah. Why would you do that to the poor kid? They don't even let freshmen TA. Yeah. Why would they let this 14 year old be a full ass professor? Yeah.
0: So, and also, okay. So this leads, this is my other hole. So the enrollment felt a little too easy. Like it was way too easy for Charlie to just enroll in middle school. He went to a website and just typed his name in and enrolled himself. And I think that we could have like patched this whole up if maybe, and this could have been a fun moment too, where like he had to like list parents or something because like, you can't just enroll yourself in a middle school. Like you have to have an address. You have to have parents listed or a guardian yeah. so like it could have been a fun moment where he like does a funny voice and pretends to be a dad or has Crickstein yeah. like lie for him like that could have been a really funny moment especially because he is skipping this was the other thing we could have patched the other hole where we show him skipping class in middle school a lot to go do classes in college and then maybe the principal has to call home and then we have that's when we see him Have to like scramble to find a parent. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. I was very confused about that as well. I think they were trying to play it off as like he hacked the system and just put his name in there. Yeah. But then they also said I. He also said like I just enrolled and I was like I don't. Yeah. Understand it. He also walks in the first day that he's there, which it does not seem like the first day of school for anyone else. No. But the teacher is just like Chaz, like as if he's not like new at all, or that she's like never heard of him. Yeah. Like, she's fully just, like, accepted that there's this random new kid that no one told her about that is suddenly just walking into her classroom. Yeah. Crazy.
0: Do you want to go with another negative? I have
1: some more, but
0: do you have some more that you have?
1: I do. So, one that I was just so concerned about was the fake lab accident. <gasps> I have so that down. here... Okay, so I'll explain this a little bit, because there's a lot, obviously, going on in this movie. Let's,
0: okay, um, let's so say it,
1: and then explain it. Charlie chemically dies himself. Yes, and <laughs> who lets a 14-year-old put chemicals onto his, not just his body, like his face? His face! On his face. To turn himself Purple! To turn himself purple. Also, why I was just, that a chemical that they had? Yeah, why was that just like a casual thing? Also, why did Dr. Crickson just say, oh yeah, that's fine? Yeah, and he- Bro. <laughs> and then he said, it burns! <laughs> yeah, he was like, I gotta get this off, it's starting to burn. And I was like, who let this kid put chemicals on his face? Crazy! Like, and then he said, how do I get it off? He goes, soap and water. <laughs> I I don't believe
0: it. I get like so so dumb. That scene was so dumb. He well he did and it to to like disguise himself from his class. This movie is
1: more complicated than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Uh, but pretty much the scene is the middle school science class that he's in has decided within that hour that they were going to take a field trip to the college to meet. Yeah. Charlie, the genius kid. Yeah. And Charlie, of course, is Chaz Mm -hmm. in that class. So he has to go back and forth and, you know, try to be both. There could have been a better way than a 14 year old chemically dyeing his skin. I completely agree, like wholeheartedly. (laughs) I was like, there, there had to like they couldn't have sat down and thought of a more like creative way to do this. Like this is terrible. Now these kids are going to put chemicals on their face because they think it's going to turn purple. Yeah, not good.
0: I have, uh, I have another negative. There is essentially one woman in this entire movie, just one. (laughs) Now we could count. There are three characters that we that I could maybe count as each a third to add up to a whole woman. One, Charlie has a mother who is present in his life and we never see her. We just hear her yell once. That's a third yeah. of a woman. We Why? Why? Why
1: couldn't we have seen and her? Yeah. Or if you just, just get rid of her altogether, if yeah. you're just going to use her to yell one yeah. line. Come on.
0: Next, there is a girl on a bench that does not talk and barely acts.
1: I forgot about her.
0: (laughs) And she, like, she's just, like, Charlie tries to talk to her. She stares at him, doesn't act at all, and then walks away. That's another third of a woman. And then we have the teacher who has maybe three lines. Because the the main teacher is a man. (laughs) Yeah, So that's another third of a woman. So we have two women in this whole movie. The other one is Emmy (laughs) Rosam, who doesn't show up in the movie until 20 minutes in. (coughs)
1: Yeah. I just, I'm like, we couldn't have had any other women. It was bad. Yeah. They, they really did the least. (laughs) I also want to talk about some of the effects in this movie. Oh. So I'm going to start with probably the worst one, Mm -hmm. which was the dancing skeleton. Uh Uh-huh. And so, in Chaz, when he's in the science <laughs> class. He um, he decides to pull a prank on his teacher. <laughs> so and Chaz, rig. So Chaz of him, he <laughs> he decides to rig this, like the skeleton, to be able to be controlled to dance, right? And first of all, no reason for this to happen at all. No. Like at n- nothing at all needed this. He's just pulling a caper. But he just wanted to have a little good time, yeah. be Chaz. And so the the effects on this dancing skeleton. We were just It is 1999. The, the most 90s. Yeah. of the effects here. And they didn't do a lot of effects, which I was surprised about considering i knew this movie going in was going to be like a science heavy Mm -hmm. movie so i i was honestly expecting more effects but the dancing skeleton was bad it was was. i think it it would have
0: been better because they used practical effects with it at first i think to like just turn the head and then to use the arm to tap and that was realistic but then having the whole skeleton dance and move like that. I was just like, this is less real. This is not realistic at all. I could feasibly believe it can move its head and tap a shoulder, but the movements it was doing so bad. So bad. It
1: was literally twerking. It was behind this teacher. Yeah. It was really weird. It was a really weird moment. Another effect moment that I was like, Okay, this like this ages this movie a lot. Is the ice rink breaking? Oh
0: my um, god! This is a negative of mine as well. <laughs> not just the not just the effects. So
1: let's talk about the effects and then we talk about the script, <laughs> <laughs> the whole scene. But long story short, the particle accelerator. Charlie leaves it on, and because the lab is right underneath the ice rink and uses the ice rink's like temperature, it ends up. The he- Shattering the ice, the Earth in the middle of a game. Up. The Earth
0: yeah. opens up like it's an earthquake. Yeah,
1: it was intense, I and people were like yelled. skating on the rink, and it was it was a lot. It was a lot.
0: My roommate heard me yell in that scene because I just went, "Oh my god!"
1: It went zero to a hundred so quick. It did, and. What I didn't understand were there were moments where you could obviously see that there were actors like skating over where the brakes were <laughs> because they obviously did this post production. Yeah. And it was just really intense. It also looked like there was lava underneath it. It, it was did. like red underneath. I thought it. that it was like. Uh, the reckoning, like Christ yeah. <laughs> was
0: coming back, and these these hockey players were getting swallowed into hell for their sins of bullying a fourteen year old.
1: <laughs> no, truly, it was crazy. And then Charlie just runs on to the rink as it's breaking, and he's like, "Get off the ice!" He screams it like ten times. Like ice! that was a whole page of of dialogue it was just Charlie screaming. That was nuts, and it was just the most unfathomable scene. I just,
0: I knew that he, That that's another, that's a quick negative. I knew he was going to mess up the particle accelerator. They made it yeah, a little too absolutely. obvious that it was going to happen. And I was like, yeah, he's going to break it. I, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that the
1: earth would shatter. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm... Honestly, like at that point, I was like, what is going to happen in this movie? Like if this is the science in this movie, what is going to happen? And even like the last scene, which we've already talked about the hockey scene and the anti-gravity. That at least went with what they were doing. Yeah. This just absolutely blew my mind when I saw it. We we could have done better. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I wanted to see more of Mike and Charlie's relationship. Mike, yeah. we said, was his roommate. He was also on the hockey team and he was, in Chaz's, Ch- he was in Charlie's class and he disrupted class all the time and he bullied this child. And then yes. <laughs> we kind of don't see him for a while. And then he comes back in and they have like a heart to heart where Mike kind of like gives him girl advice and they find a common ground, Charlie tutors him, and then they become friends. Like, you're, we're not so different, you and I. Kind of that <laughs> moment. And I just, I feel like it happened really quick. And I liked mm-hmm. that it happened. I liked that character and I liked their relationship a lot. I thought it was very sweet, but I, I wish we could have like
1: built up to it a little more. Yeah. And I think... And this is another negative that I literally just thought of while you were talking about this. The whole bad boy chaz mm-hmm. persona. I and I will connect this back to Mike. I felt like Charlie knew too much about being a bad boy too quick. Uh-huh. And I think they tried to make it like he just looked at what Mike did mm-hmm. and then copied it, but it was nothing like Mike did. Like I think he yeah. took one of his lines yeah. and said it in class once. But I wish they could have built that relationship through that where you see Charlie trying to like emulate Mike as Chaz and then connecting it. Yeah,
0: there was a couple moments because I remember it was when Charlie was looking at the party through the door and he heard Mike say, girls like bad boys. And so then the next day he comes into middle school and he's like, I got seven detentions.
1: So like, well, I I think it was just and he talks about being like socially awkward mm -hmm. and. Then him just being becoming Chaz and like knowing how to be like a quote unquote bad boy. And like it it just felt a little too quick. Like I wish there was a little more awkwardness at first. And then like I said, like he watched Mike a little more and like really took on what he saw. And then we would have had more of that bond and then the flip of Mike asking him for help. Yeah. Because I did really like that moment, but I agree that it felt a little rushed. Yeah, I agree. And my last tiny note, the underscoring was a bit loud. <laughs> I didn't notice it. There were there were some, it wasn't the whole time. Mm. There were just some moments where I was like, I'm noticing this a little bit and that's not typically how it should be. Yeah. But it wasn't the whole time, but there were yeah. just some bigger moments that I was like, mm, wish they would have turned this down a bit. Yeah, I feel like that's a note we have for a lot of the older ones. yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So would we like to talk a little bit about fashion? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it.
0: There were so many oversized clothes in this movie. Oh, yeah. Classic. Real
1: late 90s. It was
0: very fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I a lot. I'm going to be honest. A lot of my fashion notes are about Claire. Yeah. But- Charlie's first day at the junior high gave me mad JD from the Heather's vibes. Like he had this like kind of like leather trench coat looking thing, and I was like, "This is interesting." Absolutely, it just like threw me into that movie.
0: I loved Emmy Rossum's hair in this movie. Yes, her hair was so pretty, so
1: cute. It made me want to get a perm. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like the volume, the big like ringlet curls yeah, so pretty it, on she's her so pretty and like well taken care of gorgeous i, loved. I also i okay i'm just gonna rattle these do off do it because i don't are have like three separate nose okay sweet <laughs> so i loved claire's blue plaid like shacket that's yes. like coming back into style now yeah loved that i loved her flower print green fleece and her blue winter jacket. Like, I really loved all of her jackets in this movie. Mm-hmm. I would personally wear all of them right yeah. now. Just a good look. Yeah. I just remembered a negative I have. I forgot to write oh. <laughs> it down. We were talking <laughs>
0: about Emmy Rossum. I think Emmy Rosamond does great in this movie. She's not like yes. the very, like the standard girl next door that you would expect She's a little quirkier and uh, a little fiery, and I like that. There is a moment where Emmy Rosam is doing a monologue about her mother, who it's unclear if she's dead or not. Yeah, it's very big. (laughs) Don't know. But she's doing a monologue about how she used to be a tomboy and she loved hockey because of her dad. And then she saw her mom skate at a competition and the snow started falling and that's when she decided she wanted to be a figure skater and the monologue is so dramatic it, really is. it was like it's so funny like i i i'm i was just watching it and i was like she is itching for some harder material <laughs> <laughs> like it was like, you are laying She was
1: the trying to take work. it to the next level. You are
0: laying the groundwork yeah. for that one monologue in Shameless that everyone uses as a TikTok sound. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was putting in the work she back in there. 1999.
0: She wasn't effing there. <laughs> like, it was just so funny. I just uh, cackled. It. It that really just, it was so... It just didn't fit the text. <laughs> I'll say that, but it, but it was cute. I I thought yeah. she's fun. She's a little adult. It, I could not believe she's also so much taller than all the other kids. I think that also yes was another thing. But it was, which is very yeah. fitting for middle school. Yeah, it is. It just made me like. It was hard to see her as a child. Yeah. Yeah. So would you like to hear a little bit of fun facts about this movie? I would love to. Awesome. So this was the first decom to be filmed in Canada. Oh, cool. Yeah, super fun. Haha. <laughs> That's an interesting fact. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's hard to find facts about the movies from the 90s. Now, this is more about rankings, which is something that we do. Hmm. so. In 2012, Hmm. Complex Magazine ranked this movie as number six on the list of 25 best DCOMs, which I thought was strange. But then I read that in 2016, MTV ranked this movie 92 out of the current 99 DCOMs. (gasps) Oh!
1: So very opposite opinions here. Yeah.
0: And I just, I think it's good to remind everyone that
1: uh, what we do is subjective. <laughs> if that doesn't prove it to you. yeah, <laughs>
0: That's funny. You know, all the lists, every list is subject subjective, but our list is fact. And right. yes, we are the definitive.
1: Ours is wholly correct. Yes.
0: <laughs> We're the definitive judgment on decoms. And you all should respect us as such.
1: No one's going to listen to this episode. It's fine. I can't wait for people to review and be like, wow, they are conceited. This will be their first episode.
0: This is fun. If you, listen, okay. This is. We're going to have a little test. Okay. If you oh, listen God. to this episode and you get this far, go to the Instagram post and comment. Uh, what should they comment? A fun emoji. What's a good emoji? Oh, I don't know. What about like an egg? Comment an egg because this is an Easter egg.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, comment an egg. Yeah. I am interested to see yeah, who does No this. one's going to listen. <laughs> This will prove... This is just us testing yeah. if we actually have listeners. Well, it's it's testing
0: if we have listeners for the movies that nobody
1: knows. <laughs> yeah. And also to see how far they get. Yeah. Do they listen all the way till the mm. end? Hmm. Hmm.
0: I feel evil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, where are these actors now? Let me tell you. Um... <laughs> We are on something else tonight. Okay. So we're going to start with Trevor Morgan, who played Charlie Boyle, the lead, who every time I heard his full name, I thought of Charles Boyle from Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine, and I feel like they are very similar. Yeah, I could see it. This was like the blueprint Mm -hmm. for Charles Boyle. Yeah. So Trevor Morgan started his career in several commercials for McDonald's and Cheerios, and he was also featured on a Life Cereal box at one point as a child. I love Life Cereal and Cheerios. I know you do. (laughs) His big break, though, was as Alec McKenzie in The Family Plan in 1997 at 11 years old. Wow. He then appeared in many films and TV shows, so I'm just going to list a few of them. The Sixth Sense, I'll Remember April. You yeah, can't just say the- I'll
0: list a few of them and start with Sixth
1: Sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one he's like most known for. He was the main character's like, I guess, villain. I haven't seen Sixth Sense in a long time, so I can't think. I'll have to watch it. I don't know if I would technically call this like child in this movie a villain, but I think it was like his like nemesis. Uh- <laughs> Or something we can't call children <laughs> villains so we will
0: instead call them nemesis
1: <laughs> little nemesis uh, <laughs> so he was in the sixth sense he was in i'll remember april the patriot jurassic park 3 jurassic park um, 3 yeah i love that movie <laughs> everyone else hates it but i love it <laughs> He was also in the TV shows ER, Baywatch, and an HBO series called Videosyncrasy, I think. And then over the past five years, he's been writing and directing his own short films. And he's also launched Back Home Inc., a production company dedicated to creating original short and long form content. He opened that in 2018. And his most current project is a documentary he directed called Fake, which is about propaganda, consumer culture, and the public mind.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's heavy.
1: Yeah. We should watch it in <laughs> a review big it. switch. <laughs> I would love to. Let's do it. <laughs> so moving on to the Queen, Emmy Rosam. <laughs> love her. Who played Claire. Her her acting debut, well, she had a few like TV little guests, but her bi- first big role was in Genius mm. in 1999. And before starting her acting career, I didn't know this about her and I am shook. She sang in 20 different operas, it, which included six different languages between the ages of seven and 12. Oh my gosh. That and makes sense wait, more. why
0: she was in Phantom of the Opera.
1: Yeah. She also got her high school diploma at 15 and enrolled in Columbia University studying French, art history, and philosophy. So really, she's the genius in this I movie. I was going to say, she's the blueprint for this movie. She was the inspiration. Yeah. That's crazy. And after her film debut in Genius, where she was nominated for a Young Artist Award... She went on to portray a young Audrey Hepburn in the ABC TV film called The Audrey Hepburn Story. She has also appeared in films such as *Songcatcher*, Mystic River, Cold Pursuit, and Fan of the Opera, Ugh. which she was only 18 years old when she starred in that movie. You're, you're kidding. I am not. And my jaw was on the floor when I read like I, everything about I her. never knew that she was a little decom
0: queen. And I guess she's like, I don't know, but and then Shameless, she knocked it out of the park with Shameless.
1: Yeah. I, I'm just so shocked at her background. Yeah. Like, I obviously knew she had to have some singing background, but I was so unaware. Now I want to watch Phantom of the Opera. Me too. We've already talked about her role in Shameless from 2011 to 2019. And her most recent roles are Angeline in the new TV series, Angeline. And as Candy in the TV series The Crowded Room.
0: So, those are
1: her most recent. I don't know of either of those, but I don't something to look out for. Well, I'm glad that she is so young and successful. Yeah, she's lived a full life already. Like, she yeah. lived a full life at 12. Crazy. <laughs> Insane.
0: So, I guess it's time to wrap up our thoughts and try to figure out where we're going to put this on the ranking. I guess I- I'll start this is just a classic 90s kid movie. You know, it checks all the boxes. I think it's fun. I think it's cute. Don't think too hard about it. And it's a fine movie. (laughs) Like this is definitely just turn your brain off. I probably won't watch it again, but I'm glad I watched it. And if you are interested, watch it. It's not like you're not wasting your time. I'd show a child this. I agree.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like. I would probably rewatch this movie if I'm watching it with someone who hasn't seen it. Yeah. And we just need something to watch. I agree. <laughs> Don't think too hard about this movie. Yeah. Because when you do, you're like, hold on, there's so many issues going on here. Yeah. But it was entertaining. It kept me hooked because there was just always something going on. Yeah. And it wasn't... Super predictable, which I liked yeah there there were twists, and I just thought for an older decom, this one was pretty solid, yeah, I enjoyed watching it. I wouldn't say you know it's my number one favorite, but I think it's pretty good, I do too, for the ranking,
0: I'm just gonna throw out a place, I think below smart House above Cowbells for the number seventeen slot,
1: with all the questions. <laughs> we have from this movie and also knowing all the questions we had for smart house i feel like it's very on point to put them right next to yeah. each other
0: also we need to rewatch smart house we i know guys we keep talking about it <laughs> when we have time we will rewatch re-evaluate. we have we have 3 movies that we want to rewatch and maybe reevaluate so that day will come someday
1: <laughs> but that's not today so <laughs> for now
0: Genius takes our number 17 slot on our list of 25 movies. Wow. That's so exciting. That's crazy.
1: Crazy. We've watched all of those. Yeah. And we're only going to watch more. There's so many more to watch. We're like not even halfway through. (laughs) It's never ending. There are so many (laughs) decoms. I love it. So,
0: everybody... I, you know what? I hope people listen so that they know what next week's movie is. If you, if you're one of our people who's going to drop an egg in the comments, you get to know first. Next week, we will be watching Camp Rock. Yes, I'm so excited. Yes, we have not done a musical episode since January,
1: so it's time. And this movie was a part of our Disney generation. Yes, we were. Full it was swing. huge. Yes.
0: We will also be having a special guest for this episode. We will be having my roommate, Matthew Clark, on the pod. We've already had my roommate, Neely. We've had roommate, Josh, slash producer, Josh. So Matthew is the last
1: infinity stone that we need. I cannot wait to hear Matthew's thoughts on this movie. It's going to be so good. Matthew is a hoot and a half. I'm excited to have him on the pod. He really is. (laughs) And- from what I've heard, from what you told me, he found this movie as an adult yes, later and not life. when he was younger. Yes, later in life. And he asked to come on the podcast for Camp Rock because he loves it. I love that. So we're going to get a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah. We found it when it like first came out, yeah. You know, when it was big. He came across it later. We didn't find it. It found us. Oh, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> Very excited.
0: Though. I am. I am super excited. So we'll we'll be talking about the movie. We'll also be rating our top three favorite songs. Yes. So, ah! I'm, I'm very excited.
1: <sighs> so, Megan, where can you find us online? As always, you can
0: find us over on Instagram
1: at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. Also, if you like us, you can rate us five stars. Or if you feel so inclined, you can leave us a review and let us know which DCOM you want to hear about next. But also... Leave that egg on our Instagram (laughs) if you are still listening. Why are we even
0: doing the closing at this point?
1: (coughs) That's true. Are
0: you listening? (laughs) That's the question. We'll just mess with people. We release new episodes every Sunday. Oh, so keep on coming back for
1: more. Until next time. Producer Josh will hate us. He's going to hate this. Until next time, I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina. (laughs) (laughs) and this has uh been (laughs) decom
0: the disney channel unoriginal podcast
1: Dun, dun 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 dun